Welcome to the Living All In Podcast. I appreciate you joining for what I hope you find are some thought-provoking discussions of life, leadership, character, perseverance, and living intentionally in every aspect of life. I'm a business owner, executive coach, and a strategist for business and government leaders across the U.S. More than any of that, though, I'm a husband, a friend, an adventurer, and a believer in what others at times say is impossible. A guy who is out to live life to its fullest and who simply doesn't believe in half measures. I hope you find something in each episode that you can apply to your life, that it inspires you to live life with purpose, with intention, and appreciation for the gift of every day, moment, and opportunity. That from the little to the big, the daily grind to the life-changing opportunities, you wake up every day committed to living all in. Thanks for tuning back in. Today, we're going to pick up where we left off at the end of episode two. If you haven't yet listened to that show, I'd encourage you to listen to it before continuing with this episode to get the full picture of the passion behind my commitment to living all in. For those tuning back in after listening to episode two, or for those of you diving right in here, today we're going to pick up on my story and we'll pivot to the lessons it helped me learn, the shifts I made in how I approach life and some of the tools that were and are part of that process for me. As I shared on that last episode, despite what should have been a few not-so-subtle nudges to fully embrace life, I had been pretty dug in on my way of living with not a whole lot of concerns about the future. If my time came, so be it. I had lived longer and seen more than I'd ever expected to. I didn't let many, if any, People get too close, and that had always been liberating because it meant I didn't have to worry about the relationships themselves or where and how I was spending my time. Life flipped the script on me, though. I met somebody who would change it all, who opened me up to things I'd sworn were off the table, who had me rethinking some of the most fundamental tenets I've lived by, and who made me want 100,000 tomorrows so I could spend them all with her. And then, an incurable disease. A dance with death threatened it all. And a recovery gave me the opportunity for a serious awakening. I've never done much of anything the easy way. And this was no exception. It took finding love. The kind of love most of us are convinced is only in books, in movies, or fairy tales, and facing death for me to come to that realization I've spoken of. The recognition that we have two lives and the second one begins when we realize we only have one. That's how I got to that point, that realization and that decision. But what does that really mean? What does it look like for me or for you to live all in? And let's be very clear. What it looks like for me may have some similarities to what it can mean for others, but it's also going to look, feel, or be different for everybody based on where you are in life and what it is that truly matters to each of us. In my professional work, I'll often start meetings by sharing two things. First, I'll share the rules or norms for the meeting. 
These will lay out the terms and conditions of how we are all going to interact. Things like disagree without being disagreeable, act in good faith with focus on our objectives, or listen actively instead of focusing on your response, and look for areas where we have common ground or consensus, not just where we disagree. Second, I share something I call the purpose and non-purpose of our meeting, our negotiation, or our strategy session. This is a tool I use to keep conversations or negotiations focused, on track, and not going down rabbit holes. I might, for example, say, the purpose today is to discuss the specifics of our current situation, the pros, cons, opportunities, considerations, or implications of different paths forward. The purpose is not to discuss who is to blame or who is to credit for how we got here or where we might be if we had taken a different path until now. In another setting, I might say, the purpose today is to talk about incentive and performance pay. It is not to negotiate base compensation, workforce size, or how we got to this point in our compensation system. I share these because they are also important tools and concepts to talking about living all in. We each have to set a series of rules or norms of how we are going to live. We're going to spend a bit of time talking about that today. We also need to be clear, though, about what living all in is and what it is not, what the purpose is and purpose is not, is critical to making your own framework for living all in. As I've spoken around the country, a few people have pushed back on my belief that we should all live all in. It's honestly mostly a lot of, well, what if, and what about, or yeah, but. And frankly, it's almost exclusively from people who want to justify half-assing a lot of what they do. But I do think it's important to be clear about what I mean when I say, live all in in everything you choose to do. Because there is a first important qualifier, the things you choose to do, and what all in is for each person, each aspect of life, and what it should look like on different things. Being all in on caring for your home, taking care of your lawn, should absolutely be different than the level of being all in on loving your spouse or taking care of yourself. That doesn't mean, though, that you get a pass on the lawn. It just means the time, how it's prioritized, and the value you assign is different. But if you're going to do it, at least do it well, whatever it is. So let's talk about that first piece, deciding what things you choose to include in life. This is not just the strictly optional things you decide to have in your life. It is those, the people, the hobbies, the way you spend your spare time, whether that's reading, learning, giving to your community, working out, traveling, spending time with friends, whatever else makes you feel alive or energizes and fulfills you, and that mix of all of those things you're choosing to do with your time. But it's also the things 
we have to do, in which we always have the option of how we do it. Our jobs as a whole and the tasks we have each day, or keeping up with home repairs even, and other obligations we might have. We may not have control over each micro aspect, but you had the choice to take that job. And you have a choice in how you interact with that customer, how you assemble that widget, or how you care for your lawn. Let's set aside the tasks that you don't have much choice in. I'm not gonna sit here and ask you to live all in on paying your taxes or putting the trash out every week. But you can choose to do those things well and you can choose to do them reliably. I've shared what brought me to that realization that we all have two lives and that the second begins when we realize we only have one. I can also tell you without question that when that moment arrives, it can truly change you if you let it, if you embrace it, and if you do the hard work to truly live it, to embrace the gift and redefine how you approach every day and every aspect of life. First thing is figuring out what does really matter. And for me, that means doing so across several tiers of things in our lives. Tier one, what are the things that mean the most to you? They fulfill you. They ground you. They feed your soul and make life the amazing ride and adventure you are choosing to live. Those are the tier one things, the big things in life. Tier two, what are the things you need to do where it matters or how or how well you do them? Things like your job, being a decent neighbor, colleague, or a member of your community. These are the tier two things. Then we have tier three. What are the day-to-day must-do things that you don't have to get enthused or fired up about, but half-assing has consequences? And doing these little things well can have a compounding and positive effect on other things. Finally, after tier three, and this may seem a little out of order, and I actually put it right next to one in how we live, but I wanted to end the list with this because I want to focus on it as we go forward. What are the things you've been afraid to do? The things you wonder if you could do? The things you might regret not doing, but you just haven't had the reason, the opportunity, or the confidence to take the leap and do? Or maybe it's that you know you should, but you've had a whole lot of excuses for not doing it. What are those things? You see, for me, living all in is equal parts of all of these and of three conscious decisions we all make. Number one, to do the things that matter with everything you've got. Decision number two, stop with the excuses. The excuses why you can't do it at all or to justify putting it off 
to justify and explain half-assing or making it somebody else's problem, something to be dealt with some other time. Third decision, being intentional about what things get your time, your energy, space in your head, and which things no longer serve you or fit with the life you want. Sounds simple enough, right? I thought so too. Until it came time to do some of the tough things. Pushing myself in ways I hadn't in a long time. Questioning things in ways that might mean some very tough answers. I found out both sets of actions are way more complicated to go through and even more difficult to stay true to. In this process, phase one is those sorting questions. What means the most? What is fundamental to who you are or want to be and should absolutely be done with everything you've got? It should be done all in. What are the other things that matter or it matters how you do them and what are the things you've avoided or been afraid to do? But know in your heart that at best, doing them would make your life richer. And at worst, you'd at least find out and never wonder what if or regret not trying. I highly suggest, in some form, writing down your thought process and your answers and these lists in phase one. And not just writing it down, but sharing it with a partner. Or putting it up on a giant piece of chart paper or a whiteboard that you have to look at every day. On an upcoming episode, I'll share some specific tools and processes for doing this. But even without that, you can get a basic set of these lists going. Stay bold in this phase one. Be aspirational, because then it's time for the real work. Time for the rubber to meet the road. It's time to make that, that list you've made, your daily work. It's time to make the bar against which you measure yourself every day and every week. Phase two is about executing, doing, and living a different way. I'm not saying life needs to change in every aspect overnight, but I will say don't go too timid. Making some jarring changes in how you live can jumpstart how you do a lot of other things. Push yourself out of your comfort zone. It will help you jumpstart what you expect of yourself, what you allow uh, in your life, and what you tolerate of yourself and of those around you. Speaking of those around you, that is very much a part of that filter or sorting I mentioned. When you're filtering through and sorting what things get your time or energy? It's not just tasks. It's not just hobbies. It's not just things you do. Some things, some people do not get that time and energy, or maybe they get different levels than they had up to that point in your life. If you are now serious about building an intentional life and a world around you that drives that life forward. Sometimes things we've done, Ways we've thought or approached things, and yeah, 
people we've always kept in our orbit may not be the healthiest elements for us. Even if they did well by us until now, or we don't see the direct harm they may have done, every season of life should be about growth and surrounding yourself with the right energy, influences, and dynamics. Those things that are consistent, not with where you've been, or even necessarily where you are today, but where you've decided you are going. I'm not telling you to cut off everybody who isn't on exactly the same path as you. In fact, some, you will be the inspiration that drives their own internal change. Some will step right up with you. But as you decide you want more out of life, there will be some you will drift apart from. Some you have to make the difficult decision to fundamentally change the relationship with. That might be limiting time with certain people, shifting what it is you talk to them about, or where and how you even allow them into your life. And some, it may be time to go your own ways. That doesn't have to be out of anger or done with animosity, but we all do have not just the right, but an obligation to ourselves and to those who look to us to be selective about who we spend our time with. That's not only okay, it's for the best. Time is the most valuable and irreplaceable currency any of us will ever have. It's on each of us every day to spend it wisely, to invest time purposefully. So having gone through the sorting process, deciding for you what truly matters, what is really important, what is worthy of our time, our energy, and our heart, and we've done some serious thinking about what and who we just don't have the same time or energy for, now it's time to get intentional about how we engage on those tasks, those topics, and with those people that we've decided made that cut, are what we want to prioritize, and treat or do with the high level of value that we say they are in our life. It's time to just not just decide, but to act, to live in a way that honors those priorities and to live a purposely designed life. Okay, but what does that actually look like? How do you know you're doing it or measuring it? I'll get to that last one in a minute. But at the most foundational level, to live all in, we need to know what that even means beyond some quaint words that might look good on a bumper sticker. First, it is that sorting process of deciding what is worthy of your time and energy. Then it's being intentional about both doing those things, making time for them, and how you do them. Then for me, it's looking at my calendar and putting the big things on first, even if I have to put them on around where there's must-do things like work meetings that I can't always move even if doing so means I'm going to have to get up earlier to get that run in before I go catch a flight, or I'm going to have to hustle to get that client memo done so I can get on the road to go camping with my wife this weekend. 
that first step, that first test of yourself is making the commitment and acting on it. To make time for the things you said when you were sorting are the things you value or prioritize. One of my coaches, and I'll talk in future episodes about the importance of having coaches or mentors in most aspects of life, but this guy is fond of saying, show me your calendar and I'll tell you your priorities. I believe that to be true. So once I've fit my big things, the things that really matter to me, now it's time to see where my calendar has some holes. Or instead of holes, I prefer where it has opportunities. What's on my I'd like to do, but I don't have time list that can get dropped into one of those opportunity slots? An hour of reading one of those books a friend suggested? A walk with my wife? for us to get away from our desks and our screens. Something on that I'll do it someday list or just something I enjoy doing but have convinced myself I don't have time for that. In my experience, it is rarely that we really don't have time. People amazingly have time to watch 30, 50, 100 reels on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, to watch seven different spin-offs of the latest crime drama. But then they say they don't have time to work out, to connect with an old friend, to read a chapter of a book, or to just be present with the people they love. I am far from perfect on any of this, but I'm working to be better at it every day. So we've sorted what matters. We've found time to include it all and then some. Now it's time to do. It's time to not just do. It's time to do these things to the absolute best of your ability. To push yourself physically, intellectually, spiritually, and to the edges of your comfort zone and frankly beyond those. To do these things to the absolute best of your ability, to leave no question at the end of whether that was your best work, your best thinking, your most introspective and honest thoughts, the most you could have given in that moment to that task, to that opportunity that you identified as something important enough for you to do. This is not strictly about the outcomes though I am a big believer that in most areas of life, there are always aspects that can be measured or assessed somehow. Did I run, bike, or paddle further or faster than last time? Did I bring in more client work this quarter than last quarter? Did we do better this year than a year ago? Did I learn something on that skydive? Did I allow myself to truly check out and be completely present with my wife on the sofa, with my friends while we were camping? Did I find an opportunity to connect with my stepson in a way I haven't before, for our relationship to grow as he does, to be somebody he feels comfortable turning to as he looks at his own road ahead? Did I make the effort to be there for my stepdaughter as she not only pursues her own career in public service, but does so as she's navigating being a parent herself now. 
Did I internalize something from that book in a meaningful way or learn something I can and will apply to something else I did? In all of this and in each of these, I'm always holding myself to that same standard of whether I was all in. Did I run, read, learn, lift, write that client pitch, have that conversation, practice that new thing I've been learning, or just shut out the noise and embrace the moment with everything I've got, the very best I have to give and the best I know how to be? If not, why? What held me back? And as importantly, what am I going to do, change, or shift in my thinking and how I act to be all in going forward or next time? If this is a case where there will be a next time, and if I stopped short of my all on something where there was only one shot at it, what's the next shot I can take at something in a similar vein? And how am I going to make sure I get that shot? And I'm all in when I do. Finally, living all in is, to me, about setting fear, hesitation, and excuses aside. It's taking that list of things you've been wanting to do, the things you've been wanting to say, the things that you've been too afraid of doing or too afraid to fail at, and turning it into a list of objectives to be achieved. Now, if you look at that list and say, that's actually not really something I even want to do, it just sounded good. Or, sure, I'd love to say that, but the risk-reward equation just makes it unacceptable for me. Take those things off your list. Stop kidding yourself. We each have to decide our own risk tolerance or curiosity and interest level. But decide and move forward. Decide I'm going to, and now I need a plan to execute. Decide there is no chance ever and delete it. Or decide not now, but when X, Y conditions exist, it is time and I will, and then hold yourself to it. Then stop making excuses, taking shortcuts, calling it good enough, saying you'll get to that next week, do better on the next go-round, that you'll say those words you've been holding back when the moment is right, and start doing it now, living now, with purpose, with intentionality, focusing on doing what matters and doing those things with everything you've got in your mind, body, heart, and soul. Start living all in. How will you know if you're doing that? Frankly, if you're wondering, my guess is you're probably not. You'll know when you're doing it. And if you give yourself room to be honest with yourself, you'll know when you are not living all in. You'll probably know in the moment or just after. And I'm betting you'll be able to figure out why or what led you to pull back on the reins instead of going full speed. I would say it's valuable to have some tools to keep yourself accountable and on track on all fronts. A client recently asked me, how do you know if it was a good day? 
I mean, really no. I told him it's pretty straightforward for me. I have a single question I ask with a high bar for the answer. I traded today for one day of my life. Was it worth it? In my life, there are four things I hold myself accountable for. My personal growth, my physical fitness, my professional success, and my relationships with my family and friends. So every night, I ask if I did something on each of those, however big or small, with a day I can't ever get back. That's how I measure if it was a good day. My challenge today to each of you listening or watching is this. Right now, go to your calendar or whatever you use to keep track of tasks and obligations. Block off two 30-minute blocks of time at least two days apart. For one of those, market sorting. And for the other, market executing. In that sorting block, I want you to find a quiet place where you can go sit alone and go through that first exercise I talked about on today's episode of listing the things that matter, the things that are most important to you, as well as the things or relationships that it's time to reevaluate. In this time, I don't want you to give any thought to what you're going to do about the list. Just make the list and sort it. If you forget the tiers of tasks, go to the Living All In or Barrick Abramson social media pages where I'll have posts listing each of those things out. Then in that second 30-minute block you're putting on your calendar, the execution or executing block. Again, find a place where you can work uninterrupted for at least 30 minutes. Look at the lists you made in your first work session when you were sorting. Pick at least three things that aren't currently part of your schedule and two that already are. Make sure all of them have time reserved or dedicated just to doing those things. For each one, I want you to write a sentence of what it looks like to be all in when you do those things, whether it's a task or time spent with somebody. And then another sentence or a few words about how you'll do a self-assessment at the end of the day to give an honest answer to yourself of whether you were all in when you did it. Then, go through this exercise once a week for the next three months. For 90 days, every week, include a planning session to do three things. Number one, reflect on the week that was and ask yourself, honestly, if you did the things you said you would and when you did them, if you were all in. Number two, put new things off the list on your calendar for the week ahead. Or if you need to include some that you didn't get to, add those in. But every week, put two things off of your list from sorting onto your calendar for the week ahead. And number three, be sure to include at least one of the things from the list of things you've been putting off or afraid to do, the things you've been avoiding. And finally, I want to be on this journey together. So drop me a note on the network where you're listening or watching or on any of my socials and let me know. What are some of the things that made your list? How did you measure yourself? How did you do? 
On the next episode, we'll start digging into specific habits and traits for happiness and success, both personally and professionally. Going forward, each episode that is not a guest interview will be focused on one of these traits, examples of how it manifests for good or for bad, and simple things we can all do to incorporate the best of them into our daily lives. Some of our guests are coming on the show specifically to help dig into some of these traits. Thank you for helping for listening today. I know it's time out of your day that could be spent on any one of a dozen other tasks or a hundred other podcasts. I'm truly honored you took the time to listen and hope you found something in today's conversation that you will use or think about starting with those tasks, those two 30-minute blocks to sort and to plan for execution. Before you sign off, please do subscribe or follow so you don't miss any upcoming episodes and so you get alerts right when they're released. If you're on social media, give the show a follow at Living All In on Instagram and Living All In Podcast on Facebook. You can also follow me directly at Barrick Abramson on Insta and Facebook. I would love your feedback, your reviews, and your help getting word out about this show. You can leave your show on the podcasting network where you're listening, and I'd be truly appreciative of any help sharing links to the show on social media. You can always drop me a message directly on any of the socials I mentioned, and I truly would love your thoughts about the show, ideas for future shows, or for guests I should have on. Thank you for giving the show a listen. As you go about your day, I encourage you to do your own internal assessments throughout the day. Is this something I want to prioritize or make time for? Is it something I have to do? Is this one of those things I really should be doing all in? Am I? Until next time, live with purpose, live with intention, and live all in.